Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast, Almost Here, Around the Corner Technology. And today I have Dmitry Marashik, hopefully I said your name right, from Mycelium.com. Dmitry, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Did I successfully say your last name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay. All right. Well, Dmitry is a product manager for Mycelium, and um, I'm going to let him describe it because it's more than just uh, – the hardware wallet for cryptocurrency, uh, Mycelium seems to be involved in a lot of great and innovative uh, things in the crypto world. So, uh, Dimitri, you know, would would you tell listeners what Mycelium does? Uh, primarily, we are a software company at this point. We uh, have one of the most popular Bitcoin wallets on the market. We also make merchant processing kind of solutions, uh, such as a payment widget, uh, a not sure how to describe this, an online ordering platform for restaurants and small shops. And we do have a little bit of hardware, but we are not really focusing as much on that anymore, more software. So, yeah, how did you guys start out? What was the original reason to start the company, and what was the first product you made? So, initially, back during the Arab Spring, People were organizing using the internet uh, tools like Twitter and such, uh, but the governments were trying to shut down organizations and protests by shutting down the internet. So the idea was to create a peer-to-peer little hardware device that would allow you to connect through radio networks without an internet connection in order to send messages to people within your range, and then those messages would be able to bounce from person to person. In that way, people would be able to communicate without needing an uh, internet or any kind of infrastructure since the devices would all be solar powered. Eventually, wow. the founder, Alexander Kuzmin, he discovered Bitcoin and realized that this application would work really good for Bitcoin as well. So he pivoted to develop this as a Bitcoin wallet that would be able to work without any infrastructure. Uh, and while the development was taking place, since uh, the idea was uh, at the time was way ahead of its time for technology-wise, he decided to focus on a software wallet as well for Android phones. So we've been developing, mostly focusing on uh, Bitcoin, Mycelium Bitcoin wallet uh, for, I think, since at least 2011, if not earlier, uh, while the hardware was kind of being developed in the background. And unfortunately, it seems that there's still not enough of a market for that kind of hardware yet, so we've basically been focusing on the software aspect of it. <coughs> yeah, you guys have been around with um, Bitcoin wallets for quite a long time. So what have you learned, like how have um, wallets evolved over the past five, six years? Well, we've had uh, a lot more focus on privacy. We've uh, like address reuse has been replaced with hierarchical deterministic wallets where every transaction has a new address. Uh, there's been a lot of back-end development for uh, things like trying not to mix up your inputs 
uh, too much because uh, if you spend for multiple inputs, like multiple prior addresses that you own, then those addresses can, addresses can be tied back to you on the blockchain. Uh, we've um, there's been a lot of hardware development where the phones themselves are not as secure for storing Bitcoin, so there have been some hardware devices that are dedicated uh, Bitcoin wallets that have, uh, that have come out, such as Trezor, Ledger, Keithkey, a couple others. Uh, we've added actually support for those in your phone, so you can keep an eye on your balance and set up transactions from your phone, but you would still need a hardware device and uh, sign them before the wallet broadcasts them. Um, Oh, that makes that's good. It's a good security element too. Yeah. Because um, especially with people, you know, hacking and porting phone numbers, requiring yeah. them to have the physical wallets would be a great uh, security advice. Well, fortunately, porting phone numbers will not actually steal your wallet. The reason that uh, results in theft is because, unfortunately, a lot of websites use your phone for confirmation that you are the owner of an email address. So what they do is they Port your phone number, steal your email address, reset your account information on uh, online Bitcoin wallets or Bitcoin exchanges, and then pull your money out of that. So they basically have been stealing money from third parties, not directly from the wallet. Uh, so far, I, there have been maybe three suspected losses on mycelium from theft, but we're not sure if that's because of a hack or because the original keys were not stored uh, properly, like the backups may have been stolen or something. But generally, uh, the chances of a theft directly of a phone is still fairly low for now, thankfully. Uh, right. At the same time, still wouldn't recommend holding more than a few thousand dollars on the phone. And if you have a large collection, make sure. If you have a large Bitcoin savings, please use a hardware wallet. It's, uh, using our phone, our app makes it very easy to uh, use it and monitor it. Um, you talked about a hierarchical deterministic wallet. You know, for people that don't understand what that is, can you give a brief rundown on how that works and how it doesn't reuse addresses but still uh, makes sure. storing Bitcoin safe? So generally, when you have a single address, you have a private key, which is like a re really large random number that is used to uh, that you keep secret. And that number is used to sign any transactions from that address in order to prove that you own the coin. A hierarchically deterministic or HD wallet, what that does is it takes that key and uh, basically adds an extra number to it to create uh, the, a new Bitcoin address. And then once you spend that transaction, it just adds another number to it and so on. And every time it just adds a number, it comes up with a different address. Uh, and because all of this is based on this initial speed, uh, initial random number where the uh, numbers are just added to it, you can always restore your entire uh, chain of addresses and transactions just from that initial speed. So basically you have like random number plus one, random number plus two, random number plus three, and that'll be your first, second, third, and address and so on. In reality, it's actually a little more complicated, uh, but the gist is basically that's how it works. Well, how come that wouldn't give um, hackers that oh. understand how a deterministic wallet works, wouldn't it give them more information in which to, you know, crack open your your wallet or your addresses? Um, this is more a privacy feature because if you always use the same address, if you send money from your address and they see all the transactions on there, they know which address the money came from. 
And if you mm-hmm. always use the same address, that can always be all the money that has come, ever come into your wallet never came out of it. So, for instance, if you have uh, your salary being paid to that address every month and they'll be able to know how much you earn, uh, they'll be able to see how much where you spent that money and so on. If you use a new address for every new transaction, then um, the address that they receive is unique only to them, and there's no way to link back which address <laughs> is to you because uh, the money just moves back and forth among a whole lot of addresses. And you know, don't know whether that address belongs to the person you receive money from or uh, the money that they got from somebody else. With regards to hacking, is there's really no difference uh, in regards to that. It's uh, the private key, which is a big random number, versus the seed, which is a big random number that you add some numbers to, there's, it's uh, basically stored in the same secure way. Well, what happens if um, your wallet ends up with you know little pieces of Bitcoin and hundreds of different addresses? Do you recommend a cleanup function to pool the money into one address? Or, like, or if you want to spend... Um, Let's say you want to spend like five Bitcoin out of your wallet, but you have like 0.1 Bitcoin and, you know, 50 different addresses. Do you, does your wallet have a feature where it will pull the required amount of Bitcoin from the right number of addresses and send it out as one transaction or how does it work? Yeah, uh, all those addresses still are under one account. So from a user's perspective, you just see an account with a balance. You don't actually see that there's addresses, multiple addresses with multiple small amounts. So if you want to spend some money and it requires multiple uh, inputs from multiple addresses, it'll just automatically put them together for you. From a privacy perspective, this is still one problem that we still need to solve somehow, and we're still working on different ways to figure out how to uh, recombine them or spend them in a way that it's not really obvious that they all came from you. Well, I had heard that there's, uh, what, coin mixing features on some platforms. Could you do something like that where you participate in um, a coin mixing between yourself and X number of other people to mask uh, what's going on when you consolidate you know, That's uh, one account option, holdings? Yeah. And so far, okay. they, I think the only option, the only platform that has mixing still is uh, Dark Wallet and possibly Blockchain.info. I haven't used that in a while. I don't know if they still have it. But we have recently yeah. developed uh, Coin Shuffle, which is a uh, peer-to-peer mixing protocol. So we are basically putting on uh, finishing touches on it to where it will UI, basically, to make it usable. Uh, but with that, you would be able to find other people who would like to spend some money, and uh, with them, you'd be able to enter coins together with their transaction, and hopefully that'll obscure where that money came from. Uh, the other big option that um, hopefully might get implemented, uh, SegWit allows for, like, SegWit is a big kind of a debate thing, which because it's one of the ways mm-hmm. to increase how many transactions fit in the block. The other thing that SegWit allows is uh, more programmability within the actual transactions themselves. And one of the things it will allow to do is uh, confidential transactions where you would be able to send uh, amounts without actually disclosing what the amount was. So if you, the reason, the problem with mixing uh, by itself is um, if we decide to mix different amounts, uh, like I put five dollars worth and you put two dollars worth and we mix them up and they come out to somebody else 
it's fairly easy to tell who spent five dollars and what went because the recipient would have five dollars. So it's obviously, and the sender has five dollars while everybody else has different amounts. So because of that, mixing is limited to where everybody has to send the same amount. So uh, due to that, like if we end up sending, say, uh, like let's say five dollars again. Uh, I would have to find somebody who would be willing to send either exactly the same amount or they would have to send uh, like 250, 250, and me still send 250, 250 or something. So uh, like break it up into some common denominator. But the issue is that everything has to be broken up into the same amount. With confidential transactions, hopefully that will solve that problem where you'll be able to mix with a lot of people and since uh, the amounts will not actually be stored in a transaction, then it would not be possible to uh, see who whom the transactions belong to, even if everybody's sending different amounts. But uh, that's I still can see with uh, with coin now. mixing, yeah. As you, if you want to do um, larger amounts with coin mixing, I can see it would be very difficult to find people that be willing to send in the same large amount that you would. So yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, you can take your large amount and split it up with smaller denominations as well. Uh, right. but with the pain. The, yeah, it it would be done automatically, but it has its own issues. <clears throat> Actually, open transactions, uh, their anonymous cash option kind of does that too, where instead of having uh, just large random uh, uh, number, which we call it, uh, like inputs, it would have like you know 0.576 whatever amount of Bitcoin. But the way open transactions work is. And they have preset uh, denominations, so it would be like uh, a five cent piece, ten cent piece, twenty five cent piece, fifty, and then a dollar, and so on. And it would, instead of it just being a single number with a lot of decimal places, all the transactions would be com uh, put together out of those denominations, which makes easy makes it a much easier to mix. So that hmm. might be another okay. problem. Uh, way we go with that. Or we might end up, with, uh, if Lightning eventually gets adopted, uh, that might actually fix most of the problem because it would be uh, like onion routing with anonymity built on top of that already. Uh, there's a lot of options. Oh, Lightning, Lightning wants to use uh, the Tor network to mask uh, transactions. Yeah, similar to that, yeah. Nice. Oh, really interesting. Um, what, so what what's the latest and greatest that you see with um, Bitcoin wallets now, or what features are coming that uh, you mentioned the coin shuffle? What else to make uh, wallets really robust and and workable? Um, well, people are demanding or for more type of currency support. Uh, hmm. So. We are hoping to add Ash and some others soon. Uh, I know there are a couple of other wallets are adding, uh, working on adding more uh, currencies as well. <clears> They're <throat> being able to care, uh, store various assets that are back or run on top of blockchain is uh, in demand too. So this would be like being able to store stock uh, shares right on your phone, like ICOs or uh, right. I know. T0, I believe, uh, overstock.com. They're working on their own stock platform, which runs uh, on a blockchain as well. Um, so, right. you yeah. able to actually hold your own shares of stock right on your phone as opposed to trusting a brokerage to them, which uh, has not been a, resulted in a good outcome so far. Um, and 
like third-party support options too. Uh, a lot of wallets, ourselves, Airbase, and all the other top wallets are kind of trying to move into that uh, field where you don't just have a wallet; you have a wallet that lets you do other things from it as well, like buy, sell Bitcoin, uh, contact people to uh, send them transactions, stuff like that. So all these features are planned for Mycelium's wallet? Yeah, we're actually implementing a few of them already, <clears throat> or implemented. Like we have an option to uh, buy and sell Bitcoin through Glidera. We have a peer-to-peer uh, -peer anonymous uh, exchange similar to local Bitcoin. Uh, we have for European users support for Cashilla, where you're, where you're able to convert and deposit Bitcoin into any uh, what you call it, uh, ICANN or IBAN account. I forgot what they call it, but basically to any bank account in Europe, you just uh, uh, hit send through the Cashilla option, type how much money you want, it automatically pulls the Bitcoin out, converts it to dollars, deposits into a bank account. Uh, we recently added support for being able to buy Bitcoin with a credit card directly from our wallet as well. And there's uh, more support more support for uh, colored coins and like uh, asset tokens and exchanges coming out as well. Yeah, what other um, what other tokens or cryptocurrencies does Mycelium support right now? Or just Bitcoin? And if not, or what not are you guys adding and when? For now, just Bitcoin. Uh, unfortunately, it's taken a lot longer than we expected for us to convert the back end. Because when we started with the, our wallet a long time ago, phones were very, very weak uh, and uh, slow power, I mean, CPU power-wise. And there was not a lot of data that you can buy, like your monthly data plan uh, would be, normally it would be like 200 to 500 megabytes as opposed to the gigabytes we have now. <laughs> it's amazing how fast that progressed. Uh, but in order to uh, still be able to support Bitcoin, what we had to do is do most of that processing uh, for Bitcoins in the back end. We had uh, a core node running in the back end where that would download all the transactions, parse them into address balances, and then your phone would be basically a light client that would connect to our back end, uh, ask for balance updates for specific addresses, and just instantly get them with almost no data and no lag, and that's it. Uh, unfortunately, that meant that we are very back-end heavy design for Bitcoin. So right now, what we've been doing is rewriting uh, the back-end on our wallet to make it a full SDV wallet where it can actually handle all the Bitcoin management directly on the phone itself. Uh, once we do that, we will be able to implement, uh, like convert that portion of it also to support other kind of currencies. But unfortunately, it's taken a little longer than we estimated. Uh, to be able to redo the backend to support, uh, to work with that. And our backend will be Bitcoin J, which was written by Mike Hearn a long time ago. So even though he quit, we're still very thankful for his contribution. Okay. What What do you think will be the first one or two additional uh, cryptocurrencies or asset tokens you're going to add? And when do you guess? Uh, I don't really know on when. Uh, the initial plan was Dash, uh, mainly because they actually offered to provide a support and developers in order to help implement it. So as soon as we finish implementing our move to the Bitcoin JPEG and, uh, I mean, the, uh, yeah, the uh, core portion of the wallet, Dash, we should be able to come in and modify that to be able to support Dash as well. Uh, oh, very good. 
Yeah, color, color coinage. Things should be ready sometime soon as well. Uh, there's an acronym chart. Uh, initially, we were actually thinking of just adding Doge because that's like the least uh, controversial currency out there. So right. going, but, uh, the main idea is that once we come up with this kind of a reference code for supporting specific kind of currencies, anybody else who wants to add their own currency could just take the code, modify it, send it to us. Once we check that it doesn't have any uh, security issues, we just add it to our wallet ourselves. So really, we we don't want the limitation of what kind of currencies are supported to be dependent on us. We want uh, users to just add coins, any coins they want to it themselves. Do you think that um, there'll be universal wallets or maybe top 10 or top 50 crypto wallets in the near future? Uh, what I mean, laws. You know, um, a universal wallet where it supports any cryptocurrency. It sounds like that's what you're working towards. Oh, well, or, um, yeah. you know, maybe the, the top 20 by market cap, that kind of thing. Um. Well, Jack's wallet supports a couple of currencies right now, uh, but I think there will be some uh, wallets that support, I mean, there are already some wallets that support multiple currencies. Uh, our idea is not, or our intent is not to support ourselves, some top 20, but uh, just to have a much of our wallet where if anybody wants to add support to it, they can. So, uh, and it would be uh, not, built into the wallet, but something you have to download on top of the core wallet. So if uh, if somebody has an obscure currency and they want it to be able to support it within mycelium, uh, we're hoping that they would be able to take the code, modify it, and anybody who wants to use it, we just download support for that specific currency as well. Right. It's not necessarily that would be top 10 or top 20. It's like whatever people want to use that would use Gotcha. Okay. Well, it seems like right now Ethereum is the uh, is the number two front runner that a lot of wallets are adopting. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So a couple other questions. Um, what other projects are you guys working on that you're really excited about? You think will have a big impact? Um. We are working on a Switch platform, which is a Kind of a restaurant ordering system, uh, mainly for walk-off walk restaurants or food trucks, where you would have a the way it works is you use our service to set up a website with a menu. Uh, whenever somebody uh, scans a QR code that takes them directly to that website, they can just create an order for whatever they want to, um, pay for it with Bitcoin or with more with a credit card, and then it would allow uh, that website will notify um, the restaurant preparers that an order was made, somebody can grab it, say, mark it as uh, order received, then mark it as order is being worked on, and then mark it as order is being completed, and a customer would see all of that right on their phone as well. And then when it's completed, yeah. they can just walk over and pick up whatever they need. So uh, kind of like what a couple of restaurants use right now where you can order through an app, but more of a universal that anybody can implement very easily. Um, Besides yeah, if you can that, give a customer a, a sense of, you know, how long till their order is ready, maybe a countdown timer, that would be really cool as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, besides that, I'm not entirely sure. We're kind of uh, 
reorganizing some projects or something we have to uh, step back from and some things we're going to be focusing a little more on, but I'm not entirely sure what at this point yet. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, last couple of questions. In general, you know, again, specifically because you guys have been in this world for quite a while, you know, 2011 is like a, a great-grandfather in the, in the Bitcoin yeah. world. What do you see is happening now in 2017? What do you think may be some of the major developments this year in the Bitcoin ecosystem, good and bad? Uh, well, I'm hoping the ETF decision comes out, which is um, a, a fund that will be allowed to be traded on the stock market, like the general stock market, by uh, anybody who wants to buy uh, invest in Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin directly, but with the SEC requirements and stuff. Uh, if that comes out, I would basically open Bitcoin investments up to all mutual funds, investments, and hedge funds that are limited to only being able to invest in accredited uh, kind of investments, which right now they can't invest in Bitcoin at all, even though they want to, because there's no platform for it. Like a fund can't just buy Bitcoin and hold it. It needs to be able to hold it for something else. And ETF, uh, an exchange-traded fund, that would essentially allow them to do that. Uh, the Winklevoss brothers have been working on that for uh, actually since almost 2011, 12, maybe 13. It's hard, it's hard to remember how far things are in Bitcoin. I'm sorry, but uh, if that comes out, I believe that's going to be really big for Bitcoin. Um, especially the price, just because uh, Bitcoin makes a good hedge against other kind of things. Every time uh, the general currency or economy goes down, Bitcoin seems to go up. Uh, the other things I'm really hoping for will be uh, SegWit might maybe get adopted. Uh, that's uh, kind of up in the air of whether the adoption is so low just because people are not supporting it or because it just takes a very long time to uh, write code in order to be able to support it. I mean, from my experience with the wallet, code always takes a very long time. Like, we really like SegWit. We support it. We still don't have the code for it just because uh, it, there's so many things going on and so many distractions and so many other things to work on that it just takes a long time to get to. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, there's competition with blockchain uh, block sizes too, and I'm not entirely sure how that might work. I might be surprised, and uh, there might be an adoption of a higher block size, which might cause a fork split, uh, at least temporarily, until one of the until the miners consolidate to a single fork. Uh, but I mean, I think this year is going to be pretty exciting, one way or another. Uh, either it'll be exciting in a scary way or exciting in a really good way. Mm. But um, either way, I'm pretty sure long-term Bitcoin's still going up. Yeah, if if the um, ECF gets approved and the block size debate isn't solved, that alone may cause a, uh, a huge problem because there'll be so much more volume and, and demand. It's really going to gum up the works if uh, there's not some solution. Well, with ETF... Uh, at least not of that is in the blockchain. It's essentially uh, the Winkle Voss already owns the Bitcoin that they want to use for the ETF. Uh, the ETF would be traded uh, through brokerages. It's not going to be direct on the blockchain. 
It's, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that. Hmm. Yeah, it's just going to be paper. I mean, it's uh, terribly, terribly worse in regards to trust compared to actually holding Bitcoin yourself because you're just trusting the brokerage. Uh, right. And you're trusted to have those bitcoins there, but at least from uh, the, um, like accredited, quote unquote, accredited investment type uh, point of view, uh, like uh, people's 401ks, mutual funds, stuff like that, uh, that is the only kind of auction they can do uh, by their own uh, legal requirements. So in that case, uh, that would actually drive price up quite a bit. And if they start buying up more and more of the ETFs, then the Winklevoss uh, will have to, their company will have to buy more and more Bitcoin as well. And I'm pretty sure that uh, both will be one price, the price of one will reflect the price of another, possibly with a slight um, premium or, sorry, discount just because holding Bitcoin is less risky than holding an ETF. Uh, but with regards to effect on the blockchain, it shouldn't affect it almost at all. Okay. Are there other ETFs that are uh, petitioning to go live, not just the Winklevosses, or you don't know? Uh, I thought there was one other one, but I don't know at this point. I, there's another fund that kind of likes to trade, but uh, that one was not specific. That was not uh, SEC or U.S. based, uh, so I'm not really sure what happened to it, but the Winklevoss is a big one. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, last question. So, for for people that want to get involved and uh, you know get the mycelium wallet, start working with some of your um, your products. What's the best way for them to get started? I uh, just go to mycelium.com or uh, find mycelium wallet on our App Store or Google Play Store. Our Android wallet is a lot more farther ahead and advanced than our iOS wallet, unfortunately, but uh, they're still both perfectly workable. Functioning. Okay. Well, very good, Dimitri. Anything else that you wanted to bring up that I didn't ask you? Uh, no, I think I covered everything. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it, and then uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 